0: Y'all doing? I'm Michael. I'm joined by Alex as always. How's it going? And we're here with another episode of Falling Through Plot Holes, a podcast about video game plot lines and how they have a tendency to go off the rails. And this is part four of five of our series on Final Fantasy 7 and the far too much media that's all around it, uh, specifically focusing on the end of the first wave. It, it hurts me to say the first wave of the final yeah. fantasy, the comp- uh, compendium of Final Fantasy VII, uh, or compilation of Final Fantasy VII. I should say today, focusing on of Cerberus and everyone's favorite vampire slash secret agent, Vincent. But before we get into that, Alex, how you feel today? I'm feeling good. I'm excited for this one. It is. It
1: maybe gonna be our best worst of of it all. <laughs> yeah
0: much like dirge of cerberus much like dirge of cerberus yes yes well i'm glad you're excited for all this because i definitely am too after watching four hours of cutscenes, oh yeah (laughs) very surprisingly difficult four hours to get through i have to say (laughs) yeah i i too am excited to check all this out and see how our favorite brooding optional character uh is what he gets up to. And uh, spoiler alerts: it's going to be something really, really dumb and needlessly tragic. It's going to be great. Yeah. But yeah. Before we get into that, Alex, we got to actually talk about something that is only tangentially related to Dirge of Cerberus. Mm-hmm. And we got to talk about old Japanese phones. So yes. Japanese cell phones back in the early 2000s were cool. Yeah, they were. You see, we're used to having smartphones nowadays and basically the entire industry being dominated by a design that more or less was created by Apple in the late 2000s. Uh, But before that happened, cell phones were actually very, very practical in the United States. You know, flip phones, the idea is to make them as small as possible. You can send calls, you send texts, and that's really all you needed them for. In Japan, they got crazy with them. With, like, surprisingly powerful hardware behind them, like, really, really nice color screens, and, like, the ability to play some of the silliest video games on there that you could just download right to your phone. And with that, a lot of really, really strange games ended up on Japanese phones. Uh, a lot of them, oddly enough, from Square Enix. Yeah, funny that. A lot of them that actually would be fully fleshed out enough that they would actually appear on other more legitimate video game platforms. Like there's a couple, there's a Kingdom Hearts game, for instance. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, it involves the digital world and dice. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. i still unclear if it matters to the plot. Oh, Recoded actually does. Damn. Everything. <laughs> of course it does. Everything in Kingdom Hearts re- relates to the plot yeah, in some way. Of
1: course it does. Kind of like <laughs> Final Fantasy VII in that way.
0: I didn't like Final Fantasy 7, except oddly enough, the game we're about to talk about. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, except for this one.
0: So it turns out that one of the first uh, games that Square 1 to put out as part of the compilation was a little game called Final Fantasy 7 Before Crisis. Uh, Alex, I, I guess I technically already know the answer to this one because it was Japanese only and right. there is no way to actually play this anymore. But do you have any experience with War Crisis? I
1: don't have any experience playing it, mm. but I do know some things about it because at some point, I don't even remember when. I just got, like, curious about the game, and I went through the wiki or tried to go through the wiki of the plot and what mm. actually happens. Um, it was a lot of nonsense, and it, it read like it, yes. so I gave up on that pretty fast. Um, but I, I did attempt to kind
0: of get familiar with it. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that sounds about right. It is n- complete nonsense. And there's a reason why it is, but go ahead and continue your th- thought.
1: Well, so I, I was going to say, the reason, the reason I really wanted to check this game out to any degree I could is it's kind of one of my favorites. Um, so as, as I mentioned, I think, in our first episode, the Turks are basically my favorite characters, and this game is about the Turks. Yeah. Um, they're, they're my favorite, like, goofball nine-to-five mass murderers. And just the the way that their dynamics are written in the game is so fun and so endearing that despite Square's almost constant character assassination of them through the rest of the compilation, uh, they still remain just absolutely delightful. Mm-hmm. But screw that, that's not why this game is my favorite. This game is my favorite because it is, to me, the most perfect encapsulation of Square Enix. Because Square Enix goes, okay, we're, we're riding high. We have merged Squaresoft and Enix. We've released Final Fantasy X to just endless applause and critical acclaim. Uh, we've got Final Fantasy XII in the works. We have a successful online game going. We we made the first direct sequel to Final Fantasy. Okay, we are doing great. We are firing on all cylinders. What can we make some money off of? Final Fantasy VII, people love that. Okay, hey, everyone, guys, 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 everyone. You all like Final Fantasy VII, right? And we go, yeah, yeah, we do. Okay, we're going to make more Final Fantasy VII. And we know what you guys like. You guys like the Turks, right? Absolutely love them. Like, love them yeah great turks rule turks are awesome all right well, we've got a game about the turks you play as the turks and we're going to expand everything about their organization and it's going to be available on your phone and everyone outside of east asia goes we can't play that (laughs) and square goes come on
0: Like yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. And my favorite,
1: favorite thing about this is that they're gonna do it again when they're making Nova Crystallis, the Final Fantasy 13 set. Mm -hmm. And a whole third of their giant push Future of Final Fantasy is a phone game that we can't play.
0: There's a really weird... Square loves doing that. They love having these grand... Like, these stories that, like, expand on all these different directions. But instead of being like, well, what if we keep the series just, like, either on everything or just put it on this one main console so fans can just ride right. out the entire series? like, okay, what if everything's on the PlayStation, but this very important game's on the Nintendo DS? <laughs> and it's like, are you sure? you sure about that? Are <laughs> you yeah, yeah and then they did it again with first soldier which at
1: least isn't important and is playable Mm -hmm. now on on like international phones yeah it's still like check out our first person shooter battle royale coming exclusively to phones
0: (laughs) okay yeah great okay guys i'm glad you did this really knocked it out of the park you Ugh. idiots <laughs> it's my favorite they just keep doing it they just keep doing it but at least in defense of before crisis i want to say two things yeah uh. the first is that it's you know it, it was their first attempt at developing a mobile phone game mm. so you know they you know, want to have something able to establish with property I, I totally get it uh, the second thing i want to defend it with is this game absolutely does not matter yeah, fair. Oh my god, it so aggressively does not matter. It is amazing how little this game matters.
1: The Turks do Shinra things, Avalanche is there sometimes. Yeah.
0: What's weird though is that they don't, I don't know if they know what the Turks do. Oh. <laughs> like they're supposed to be like the fixers. Right. And they spend this game fixing absolutely nothing and just getting up to random misadventures. It's. Oh. That's mm, that's weird. It also asks the question of uh, what if the eco terrorists were the bad guys, and the large corporation was the good guys.
1: Then that'd kind of suck. But I mean, if you're gonna be playing as the Turks, I guess that's kind of what
0: you gotta do. I guess that's kind of what you gotta do. But yeah, it's um, it's weird. It, it also messes with like how the structure of Shinra works in a way that doesn't mm. make sense. But right. Maybe to get into that, we should just even like start talking about the game proper. So, released in 2004 for Japanese mobile phones as one of the first pieces of media for the compilation of Final Fantasy VII. uh, This game has you in control of a unnamed Turk. Uh, You team up with other Turks such (laughs) as Reno and Rude, Sing, Mm -hmm. and then a bunch of other Turks that are named Shotgun Turk (laughs) and Shrieking Turk. Now. Some of these Turks would eventually get actual names. Like Cisne is mm-hmm. technically in this game. she's sure can t- Turk. Right. It's this really weird thing where you have all these characters instead of like... This is like the one example of like weird restraint of them not giving each character their own name and mm-hmm. incredibly elaborate backstory. Right.
1: Which is weird because they are kind of characters. At least some of them are. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. they They totally are. But it's just a little weird how they decided to go in this particular direction of, like, not actually over-explaining things to the, almost to the complete opposite degree of, like, well, we're just not going to explain anything about these characters at all. Right. Have fun with that. <laughs> so, this game ended up being released on mobile phones in 2004, um, and it ended up being re-released again in 2007 with a different publisher uh, before being just completely removed from... Basically, service uh i Mm. think sometime in 2010 or so i i forget exactly when but the point is is that eventually this became completely unplayable Uh, right and as such it's kind of this really weird lost piece of media uh some fans actually did take the steps of recreating this game on the platform rpg maker yeah, that makes sense. So you can play a really weird version. I haven't touched it myself, but my understanding is that they basically looked at gameplay videos and a few like <laughs> write-ups online and screenshots right. and just try to recreate it. So it sounds like it's not going to be quite one-to-one at all. Right. But hey, uh, if you are going to be itching for the story, though, uh, apparently when Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis releases in 2022 basically the entire retelling of everything of final fantasy 7 related uh it's apparently going to be a part of that package so you will at least be able to relive the story if perhaps not the gameplay right and speaking of said story oh dear so what's this thing about So once again, this doesn't really matter that much and pretty much nothing that's in these (laughs) games come in this game comes up anywhere else. Right. And so I'm not going to we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because there's a Cerberus is already going to be long enough as is. But it is split over roughly about 26 chapters. Uh, Each chapter would be basically released at a certain certain point of time over the the game's lifespan. Mm. Right. and each of them deals with a different little event, telling the overarching story of, who is Avalanche? Why are they here? And why are the Turks so bad at stopping them? <laughs> so, the game essentially starts with the Avalanche shows up, uh, saying, and, uh, and the rest of the Turks are like, boy, I guess we need to fi- figure out who these people are and stop them. Uh, and they end up... Uh, like, trying to pull, well, they do successfully pull basically this legendary Turk out of retirement whose name is, I believe, Veld. And, yeah, oh, they all have, the the people who do have names in this, don't worry. (laughs) Uh, They're very, very stupid. Good. Don't worry. Oh, good. So, this all ends up starting after President Shenro basically gives a speech in Midgar, gets attacked by Avalanche and is shot. Like, Sephiroth has to come and, like, basically get him the heck out. hmm and, like, during that time, Avalanche, like, sabotages the Mako Cannon and Junon, and they're basically all over the world doing just all sorts of stuff. Now, if you remember, in Final Fantasy VII, Avalanche basically consists of the most, well, conspicuous people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> the most, we are terrorists, committing terrorist acts. And there's only, like, five of them. This game posits that Avalanche is actually a world-spanning organization that... Uh, has honestly, like, sleeper cells all over, mm-hmm. and is more than capable of standing up toe-toe Shinra. Which, um, sure, I guess.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> like, they have a... S- oh, go ahead.
1: I, was, I don't know about, like, the whole standing up to Shinra thing, but I could see there being more than four of
0: them. Yeah, right. Well, what if I were to tell you, though, that one of their members is strong enough that she can fight Sephiroth one-on-one? That's
1: ridiculous.
0: Well, good news, this is a character named Elfie, and she's able okay. to do that.
1: Okay, is she Mako-infused or something?
0: No, but she does have amnesia.
1: Oh, yeah, that's the strongest superpower.
0: It is, it is. She also has the strong superpower of being related to the leader of the Turks. She's, like, her estranged daughter, so... okay. Yeah. So basically, this entire game is President Shinra going, like, Turks, please figure out where Avalanche is. They throw their hands up and go, we don't know. <laughs> and President Shinra gets increasingly annoyed with them. Uh-huh. During this time, Avalanche is committing terrorist attacks all over and just are completely messing everything up. You run into your favorite characters, such as Zack. He helps you out at one point. Avalanche takes over the coal mining town of Coral, and you run to Barret there. Like, all sorts of really weird stuff happens. Eventually, President Shinra gets incredibly annoyed with the Turks. He's like, listen, you, you people are idiots. I am firing your leader and I'm putting <laughs> my security chief, Heidegger, in charge. Oh, God. Yeah, who proceeds to immediately undermine the program, uh, send him on suicide missions, and in general is very, very distrusting to the Turks and doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And this all is intended by President Shinra because he's getting afraid of the Turks' power. What? Yeah, he's, he's worried that, you know, they might, you know, since they're doing all these shadowy things that are kind of secretive and siloed off, they might try to betray him at a certain point. So he's purposely weakening them as well. He has soldiers. He does, but he's also
1: kind of paranoid. But not of soldier. Mm-hmm. Which, spoiler alert, goes badly.
0: Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, you know, he... There's a reason why he doesn't want to put all his eggs in one basket, I guess. The
1: Turks but... are just dudes in suits.
0: <laughs> now now like, to be fair, occasionally they have shotguns and are named shotgun. He could just fire them. And he actually does over the course of this game. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it comes out that the leader of the Turks, uh, not the Turks, the leader of the of Avalanche called of Fujito, I believe, is is like, hey, I actually want to basically kill all life on the planet and return to live stream in order to heal what? the planet. Oh. Yeah, and that causes Elfie and some of the other members of Avalanche to defect to the Turks and help them out to stop them.
1: Um, okay. Like, obviously, you're not down with that. You don't want to go along with that. But mm-hmm. defect to the Turks?
2: Yeah, right?
1: Again, this is like the corporate tyranny's like hit squad mm-hmm. it's
0: it's not so like mm, yeah right mm. <laughs> yeah also they of course the turks are at the event at Nibelheim and see Seproth and Cloud yeah sure
1: why not why not yeah okay
0: every major event that happens in final fantasy 7 um up to, like, a little after the start of the game basically happens. Like, you run to Aerith and everything. It's... They, okay, Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so the game ends up... Well, basically ends with more or less all the Turks either dead or in prison. Oh, okay. Uh, Rufus Shinra basically tries to, like, help them out and help, like, basically observe, like, power from his father and gets caught and is put under mm-hmm. house arrest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And again. No, that,
1: that one is on point, though, I'll say. That one is on point.
0: And yeah, after um, Avalanche has stopped, basically the Turks are like completely reorganized. Sang is made the leader. And everyone basically agrees, why don't we just forget about the rest of the Turks except for Reno and Rude? That sounds cool yeah. to everybody? I think that sounds cool. <laughs> and then nobody ever speaks of these events again in any other piece of media ever, except I guess until Ever Crisis. <laughs> yeah. Until
1: that comes. Cool.
0: Out. So Hooray. the
1: end. Wow. Wow, that certainly was a game that happened. It certainly, Or didn't.
0: It might as well not have. <laughs> I, it, You know, it is important because it does establish that Avalanche is this, like, very widespread organization. And I, I should clarify that, like, apparently Avalanche... There is more Avalanche members in Final Fantasy Seven. It is established that, like, Barrett mm. was recruited into them in Cosmo Canyon and whatnot. It's part of the initial, like, let's make an Avalanche... Right, right. But, but it does establish like okay, this is actually a big wider thing with like mm-hmm. soldiers and like actual like an actual infrastructure. And that will come up in um, Final Fantasy 7 remake. So, you know, there there is I guess some slight point to this game. Yeah. But you know what game has is the most important Mhm. Yeah, what's that? The greatest and biggest and most important and it stars the best characters and it's going to just bring Final <sighs> Fantasy 7 to future man yeah a little game called dirge of cerberus uh yes oh god final fantasy 7 dirge of cerberus the game that takes place the farthest along the timeline in final fantasy 7 taking place after Advent children uh in a game that is going to i uh it's a game that basically kills the compilation for a good 12 years
1: yeah basically and like they didn't as far as i know they didn't really have plans after dirge of cerberus before it came out so it's not like it like got them so spooked that they canceled everything else like they were basically done anyway it seemed like
0: yeah the only thing that came out after this was crisis corps and right crisis corps does take some inspiration from dirge of cerberus oddly enough, and we'll get into that in a bit, yeah. but yeah, after that, there was kind of nothing else, but it seemed like everyone was like, well, that sort of ran its course. Uh-huh. Maybe we shouldn't do any more of this. Yeah. Now, theres of Cerberus is a very strange game. First off, it was released in 2006, so it's for the PlayStation 2, so it's a late, late era PlayStation mm-hmm. 2 yep. game. Uh, on top of that, it is also not an RPG. Yeah. You see, unlike... And it's not even like an action RPG like, well, there is like leveling up if I remember correctly, but Mm -hmm. it's not like, say, uh, Crisis Core, which is more of an action RPG. Right. Right. It is a third person shooter.
1: Right. Which, given that Star is a character who uses a gun, I mean, kind of makes sense.
0: It does kind of make sense. Um. This is also a game that is not written by Nojima or Nomura as well. Right. Yeah, uh, instead, um, uh, Hiroki Chiba wrote this. He's, he's contributed on other, other projects within Final Fantasy VII, as well as the compilation. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's known to the series, but he's definitely not been, like, one of the lead writers. Uh, that's... That, That said, um, Yoshinori Katase, the producer of the game, and Nomura did have at least some input on some aspects of not only the plot, but also the character designs as well. Mm. Uh, Character designs that, once we get into it, are going to be just (laughs) some of the dumbest I've ever seen.
1: Well, you don't like... I want to say
0: Wise? Wise is the least offensive of them all.
1: Oh, wow, because he's the only one I've seen.
0: Oh, buddy. (laughs) <laughs> I will pull up some pictures for you in a bit, Oh boy.: But yeah, so th- the idea was that the the team uh at square wanted to make a game that wasn't necessarily just an RPG Something else outside of their wheelhouse is something they weren't exactly comfortable with, uh, just to like kind of like do something different, you know
1: right. So this was a really weird era for Japanese games, mm. because it was. PS2 was the sixth console generation.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Um, And it it was the generation where focus on... I would say focus on video games and specifically video game audiences started to move away from being heavily Japanese-centric to more Western-centric slash international. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was an era in which Japanese... Two, two sort of things happened on the Japanese front. Um, one of which was Square tried a number of... Square basically was well-known as a studio that makes good RPGs and not very good not-RPGs.
2: Hmm. Uh,
1: they had a lot of like action RPGs or action games that didn't go over super well, like The Bouncer, Star mm-hmm. Ocean 3... Drakengard and, and Drakengard too, 2 and it, it just felt like every time they tried to make something that wasn't a fairly traditional rpg it it kind of was bad and mm. didn't feel fun to play
0: yeah it's very they made it very clear that they just with the exception of oddly enough fighting games they just mm. weren't really that good when he got outside their wheelhouse of rpgs right and it certainly was not for lack of trying
1: and the other thing specifically with trying to make a, a shooter, a third person or first person, is Japanese developers were struggling with this a lot. Because on consoles, the gold standard for shooters at this time was Halo.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But Halo was an Xbox game, and the Xbox was not popular in Japan. So... It didn't make, I feel like it didn't make a lot of sense for Japanese devs to model themselves on Halo, which wasn't a popular game in Japan, but that sort of left them without a decent template for a console shooter. And so a lot of really bad console shooters came out of Japan on the PS2. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just simply a time when people were just still experimenting with how to make first-person shooters and just shooter games in general work. Right. And, like, yeah, like you said, like, with uh, with Halo not being particularly popular in Japan, it's not a big surprise that they didn't take a whole lot of inspiration from that. Yeah, so it, it leads to this game that just—it has this really weird, like, lock-on system, which is what they mm-hmm. do with this, and also, like, some melee combat elements right like they try to do like a little bit of everything that you could think of with like sort of like an action rpg or just like an action game in general but unfortunately right. none of it ends up really working yeah uh, and that's reflected in reviews this is a game that has roughly about i think a 60 percent Metacritic rating it's
1: that's like, better than i expected actually
0: it, it is but it's also by far the worst rated of all of the compilation mm-hmm. the compilation in general like going for like well, how people felt about it at the time i think people definitely don't feel as strongly about it now right like pretty much all aspects of the compilation people enjoy people liked to children at the time mm-hmm. people like you know crisis core yeah. this is the one game that people are like nah we're good yeah so the development behind this game is a bit interesting though because when it was originally conceived this was kind of before the whole uh, compilation really got off the ground. So it actually did not start originally as a title in the Final Fantasy VII universe. Now, they did know that they wanted to make some sort of Final Fantasy spin-off game. And they did know that they wanted it to be a, some sort of action game. Uh, they settled on the shooter concept pretty early on. And some characters that they thought about were Irvine from Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, mm-hmm the sniper character in that game, as well as Yuna from Final Fantasy X-2. What?
1: Okay, yeah, X-2. Yeah, which, which makes guns. sense, yeah, because she has yeah. guns
0: in that one. You know, she's action-y. Uh-huh. But after the compilation started to really become a thing and it was very clear that there was a lot of excitement behind it, they decided that, well, how about we shift over to Vincent Valentine, mm-hmm. the gun-wielding character in that game, and use that to further establish and flesh out the universe of Final Fantasy Seven. So, there was some rumors at the time that this game was going to be heavily influenced by uh, the action game Devil May Cry from Capcom, uh, mm-hmm. but that almost immediately was, like, discounted by Nomura himself, mm-hmm. and Yoshinori Katase has been on the record for saying that he wanted this to be a shooter because he loves first-person shooter games, and so he's like, hey, this would be, like, a challenge for my developers to try to out this particular style of game, and let's just see what, what will happen with it. Right. So, so, did he not make them
1: play good first-person shooters, then? Uh, probably not. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs>
0: He's probably just oh, like, well. maybe we should make a first-person shooter. That sounds cool, right? Yeah, <laughs> you guys do that. And everyone's like, well, we don't really know how to make that. It's like, oh, well, it will improve your skills. It's like, ah! Mm. I'm not sure about this. So, uh, so development on, the ge- on this game got started roughly about 2003-ish. Uh, uh, with uh, like everything getting really ramped up in two
2: thousand and four, mm-hmm.
0: and this was around the time that Gact was brought on board the Japanese singer. Uh, he ended up uh performing two songs that are in this game, and also is going to voice a character that's going to show up. Uh, uh.
2: <laughs> which we'll get to
0: that in a little bit. So. As far as why some of these characters were featured in here, this game this game really focuses on a lot of the, like more of the side characters that show up in Final Fantasy VII. So mm-hmm. your Vincent Valentine's, your Yuffie Kisaragi's, uh, Reeve is one of the central characters. Uh,
1: That's unfortunate.
0: It's very, very unfortunate. But the idea behind it was just to highlight these characters a little bit more and kind of dive a little bit mm-hmm. deeper into their backstories, their motivations, and whatnot. Which, spoiler alert, they do that for exactly one character, and then they don't do it for the rest.
1: (laughs) Ah, damn. You know what? No. Actually, I could see a version of this game where just having Vincent, Yuffie, and Reeve hang out and do crap would work really well and be very entertaining.
0: It's not the worst idea in the world.
1: Like, that's an interesting character dynamic trio.
0: Mm-hmm. It really is, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with having a spinoff game focus on secondary characters. Yeah. Like, you can do something kind of cool and interesting with that. But unfortunately, once again, other than Vincent, they don't really explore much with any other character. Right. And honestly, with Vincent, what they do do is going to be odd at best.
1: yeah. Vincent's backstory was as fleshed out as it was in 7 was always kind of a... Hmm. That feels very tragic for the sake of tragedy.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think we also should explain why... What exactly is Vincent's deal just to start with? Because mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy 7 I didn't really touch on him too much when we discussed that in part 1. Yeah. And the reason for that is because he was an optional character alongside Yuffie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now... Square had this thing for exactly two games, starting with Final Fantasy VI, <laughs> where they're like, well, what if there's optional characters you could find? Uh, in Final Fantasy VI, it was a Yeti and a Moogle <laughs> and a Mime. Right. That really didn't contribute at all to the plot, so it was kind of fine. In Final Fantasy VII, um, both Vincent and Yuffie actually do contribute quite a bit to the plot, or at least the surrounding world building. Right. Uh, their overall impact on the plot through line is actually incredibly minimal.
1: But, yeah, they, it has to be.
0: It has to be, because you just, you could potentially skip them, and in fact, when I first played through Final Fantasy VII as a teenager, I totally did. Uh, but they do exist to at least flesh out the world building. They help explain Sephiroth's origin for Vincent, and they help s- explain what exactly is the deal with Wutai, and why they have a beef with Shinra, with mm-hmm. Yuffie. Now, they stopped doing this afterwards because obviously it's if you want to have like a pretty solid through line and have all your characters involved, you kind of have to plan for them at the start. Right. So this never is going to happen again. They're going to never do this again. Yeah. So with so just to dive into Vince's backstory a little bit more into Final Fantasy seven. He essentially is a vampire, though, not really. His big thing is that he was a Turk who was there to protect two scientists. Hojo and Lucretia, while they were doing their dumb, very unethical experiments in Nibelheim. Uh, long story short, things go bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Lucretia ends up getting sick and dies. Vincent gets angry at Hojo and ends up getting basically mortally wounded by him or somebody else. And Hojo goes, "What if I did unethical experiments on you?" <laughs>
1: As is his want.
0: As is his want. So he does that, and what it ends, turns Vincent into is a weird half-man, half-monster who basically possesses the ability to transform into different monsters under the right conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, In-game, it's as part of his limit break, which makes him kind of a terrible character because he's Kind of.
1: Yeah, a little just a little not great. Yeah. Uh,
0: but for the most part, he basically just hangs out in a coffin all day until Cloud shows up and is like, Hey, what's going on? He's like, Yeah, I got experimented on. And Cloud's like, Me too. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Lucretia herself, um, through machinations of the live stream, ends up in a cavern, basically encased in a crystal forever. And basically, Vincent gets very, very sad and visits her on occasion. That's his story, more or less. Yeah. The plot of Thursday Cerberus is gonna go way, way too deep into that.
1: Yeah, that that really didn't need further explanation. Progression maybe. But I don't know if we needed to explore that any further.
0: Oh, we really didn't, but we're definitely going to. And not only <laughs> are we gonna get into that, we're also gonna get into basically another incredibly unethical experiment that Shinra decided to do. As we meet a bunch of bunch of fun clown car characters by the name. <laughs> of Deep Ground. But I guess we should probably jump into the plot and talk about it, shouldn't we, Alex? Yeah, let's, let's do that. So the game starts-ish. Um, the opening cutscene, I guess I should say, starts more or less relatively soon after Meteor Fall, uh, so the end of Final Fantasy VII, with a helicopter showing up and dropping Yuffie and Vincent into Midgard to basically lead a rescue effort. Uh, like... Cloud and the others are, like, also, like, doing things, like, help out fighting monsters that are just in Midgar. Basically, this since the meteor fell, it cracked open more or less a lot of, like, secret labs, essentially. Okay, sure. And monsters started pouring out, so they're just, like, kind of, like, doing things that they have to do. Anyways, uh, Vitsa gets a signal up from the Mako Cannon that's uh, in Midgar, installed there to fight off the weapons uh, during the, near the end of Meteor mm. Fall, that there's another life form up there. So he goes up there to see what's up, and he sees Hojo's dead body. Because back in Final Fantasy VII, that's where Hojo was when you show up, mess him up. And, mm-hmm. you know, his dead body's just been hanging out there the entire time.
1: No one moved him?
0: No one moved him. And to be fair, would you?
1: <laughs> probably not. He probably has, like, 80 bio diseases stored in his cells, just e- ready to go off.
0: Exactly. That's throw a Molotov cocktail on him yeah. and just let the flames take him. So he sees, he sees Hojo there, an explosion happens, and then Hojo's not there anymore. Ah, hmm. that's unfortunate. So after that, credits play, on um, the line, and so the hound wheezes the final chapter in this tale of life pops up on screen for some reason. <laughs> I
1: wait. The
0: 2000s were a time in anime, man. <laughs> they really are. Honestly, for single-line quotes, I prefer this over the Western game philosophy of, like, how about we start with that one quote from Alice in Wonderland about falling Uh, down a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. That that
1: did pop up a few times.
0: Far too many. Far too many. Yeah. So we cut to three years later, and we cut to a subterranean cavern where Vincent is hanging out with his dead girlfriend Lucretia, who's in a bunch of crystals. She's a crystal lady. It's great. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Anyways... This doesn't seem like he's actually there. Basically, she's saying, I'm sorry, but not really. It's more like she's telepathically saying it, I guess. And Vincent's being sad. Because we then cut to a random house in Calm, the little Bavarian town that's outside of Midgar. And there's a big festival going on. It's all happy and stuff, but Vincent's brooding and sad.
1: I'm sorry. It's been three years. Vincent knows like eight scientists and no one's trying to fix the Crystal Lady problem. he's just resolved to be sad
0: about it he's gonna be sad about it and spoiler nobody's gonna try to solve the crystal lady problem
1: okay fine anyway meanwhile at the happy festival vincent's sad at
0: yeah he's very very sad anyways he gets a call from reeve he's like hey can you meet me we need to discuss business he's like hey and i can news reports also talk about man there's a secret shinra bunker that was found in midgard and we're about to open it up it's going to be like Heraldo's vault. We're going to see what's in there. It's going to be crazy. I feel like you
1: need to evacuate the city before you do that. Think about... Which, yes, you would have, like, weekly evacuations, but...
0: Yeah, right. It, it's a um, little questionable about how inhabited Midgar is at this point. Mm. It seems... The game seems to imply that nobody lives in Midgar anymore, and they just either live in surrounding towns like Edge or Calm.
1: Oh, so, was Advent Children the tipping point? Because there was a lot of people in Midgar and Advent Children.
0: To be fair, I think it was.
1: Okay. I th- <laughs> it was like, oh, Bahamut, it's time to leave.
0: Yeah, they're like, listen, this city is clearly cursed. First meteors, now giant dragons. We're go- yeah, you know what? Valid. Fair. <laughs> yeah, can't blame them. Can't blame them. So Vincent's like, oh, nah, that's really, really sad. But then a bunch of white... Like, like choppers showed up and they're filled with soldiers and they drop a bunch of soldiers on to the streets and they all look like they're from tron because they're basically wearing like you know black but they have like blue like line outlines randomly on them Mm -hmm. and then they immediately just light up everybody they're just shooting Uh. people and like weird tron dogs show up and like start eating people and it's like all like real messed up and then a the helicopter shows up to blow Vincent, but he stylishly jumps out the window and shoots it down. <laughs> Anyways, we find out that apparently the soldiers are also just kidnapping the citizens. I guess the ones that they aren't gunning down. Mm-hmm. And so Vincent's like, "Oh, I guess we need to do what we need to do to stop them." And like during this, like we get these like cuts to this random house and a very very small woman who has the same hairstyle as Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Sure. <laughs> He's, she's wearing, like, VR gear, and she's, like, very monotone, being like, we found him. We must acquire him. <sighs> so Vincent eventually, like runs into said VR Lee. I guess she just decides to go out into the streets, and also runs into another giant, almost dog-looking man with blue hair, who like, burst through the walls like Kool-Aid Man. And he's like, mm-hmm. give me the proto-materia, Vincent. So these two characters are Shulk and uh, Nero. Uh, specifically, it is going to be Shulk the Transparent, who's the... Who is the girl and Nero? Oh, no, no, it's not Nero. I'm sorry. Azul, the Cerulean, is the big guy. Okay. So, okay, sure. Their big thing is that they're part of a little group called Deep Ground and they want the Proto Materia for reasons. Now, at first, I was very, very confused about um, about uh, Shelk herself because. When you see her, she looks like she's a like maybe just like kind of like a short woman. But then in this mm-hmm. scene, you see her next to Vincent and she gets up to his hip. Oh. She's like basically like a little girl. And like her design, once again, they're all in basically like tron suits. So basically they're oh. wearing like gray and black, and they have like blue, like neon outlines. Uh uh, once again, Shelk literally looks like Sora from Kingdom Hearts. So she has short brown hair that kind of feathers out. Mm-hmm. hair just looks like a little bit nicer I guess to emphasize that she is a lady she's not a wild kid like Sora is mm-hmm. and once again uh, Nero himself is basically like a giant hunched over dog looking man with very long blue hair so obviously Vincent's like I don't know what the proto materia is I don't know what th- I'm not going to give that to you like he mm-hmm. shoots a Zool and Zool's like ha ha bullets can't hurt to me and they're all about the fight, but then like VR Lady collapses, Um Shulk, and she's like, "Ah, oh, I guess I'm tired now." And he's like, "Oh, well, uh, I guess we're going to leave then." <laughs> they then yell, "Hail Weiss!" and Vincent just watches them leave, and he's like, oh, "That was dumb as hell." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God, <laughs> this this is feeling like a Dragon Ball OVA so far.
0: It basically is there's a lot of villains showing up to be like hey we're gonna fight now oh something contrived happened well we're just gonna walk away now can we just we, we need to reschedule this right okay yeah that's gonna happen continuously throughout the game so reeve then just shows up he's like oh hey vincent there you are boy things and calm are fucked anyways oh you ran to a big guy oh his name is azul he's part of the svets it's like the Zvets, they're genetically modified humans that are part of a secret organization called Deep Ground that Shinra made. They're you mean best. like Soldier? Yes, but better and more unstable. They're super duper strong, but they are so dangerous they had to be sealed in a lab underneath Midgar. Not even I know about them. One of the execs of Shinra. And it's like.
1: Then how are you telling us
0: about them? Great question. He never elaborates. <laughs> Okay. So Vincent's like, okay, well, what do you you want, Reeve? And Reeve's like, hey, listen, I created this new organization that's called the World Regenesis Organization. We exist to protect the world and help it heal. And we also have a very well-equipped military because of that. It's it's incredibly, incredibly well-equipped. And we want you to join us to help. Help us fight off the people here, fight the vets, and join us up with us. It's great. You'll love it. And is like, no. And Reeve's like, uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm sad now. <laughs> Poor
1: Reeve. <laughs> he's he's always trying his best, and everyone's just always shitting on
0: him. Everyone is. Yep. <laughs> well, don't worry. It's about to get worse for Reeve, because some deep ground sh- soldiers show up and immediately shoot him in the back, killing him. Oh. Yeah. So after Vince takes care of the deep ground soldiers, he goes like, No, Reeve, you can't die on me! Picks up his body, and then his head falls off. And it turns out it's hollow. And then his entire body falls apart, and out pops Kate Sith.
1: That's stupid.
0: It's so stupid!
1: He's piloting a robot, piloting a robot of himself?
0: That's right. Yeah, for people who don't uh, remember, Kate Sith is a tiny little cat robot that is controlled by Reeve. Why didn't he just send Kate Sith? Great question! Because you want to have a fake out for Reeve and his death I guess Yeah it's it's really really dumb and Vincent is um, not charmed by this at all but he decides yeah. to, he decides to join up with the Dar- WRO after this anyways cuz like says in a celtic accent is like oh yes boy it seems like you actually really do care about to me that's not a celtic accent but don't worry about it um so yeah Vincent agrees to help after seeing Reeve's body just fall apart he's like okay i All right, I'm down. We'll do this. Fine. Just don't do that again, please. It's really stupid.
1: Yeah, interesting sales pitch, but I guess it worked.
0: Yeah, I guess it worked. And so, like, after that, a helpful soldier, like, shows up to explain, like, the WRO's backstory. Like, literally is like, hey, uh, do you want me to tell you about Genova War Hero Reeve Tuesday's organization? What? And it's like, no, I'm good.
1: Genova War
0: Hero. Yeah, I guess everybody knows about Genova and the they call it the Genova War. It's very strange. Sure, I.
1: mm, Mm -hmm. That's bad. I see the pop off they're trying to go for, but that no, that's stupid.
0: It's very, very stupid. It's very, very stupid. But yeah, I'm sorry. Did
1: did he call him Reeve Two C? Yeah.
0: Uh, T-U-E-S-T-I. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. I thought he had like a fucking robot designation.
0: That'd be great if he did, <laughs> but no. Oh <laughs> uh, I, I should also point out that Reeve is dressed like a real idiot in this game. Everyone is dressed <laughs> like a real idiot in this game, but like Of course they are. Especially Reeve. Uh I'm just gonna pull up what he looks like in this because it's like in the in the games he's he's dressed up in a business suit, mm mm-hmm. yeah, but here he decides to dress up as a member of the Republic Senate, I guess from uh from Star Wars. Oh, I'm trying to pull up a photo so I could show you. It's real, real bad. It's real, real bad. Uh, yeah, Bar-
1: that doesn't that doesn't sound great, yeah, like. Oh.
0: It's like a weird almost trench coat like no. robe thing that is the world's longest zipper on it. Buddy. Yeah, it don't it don't look good. It don't look no. good. It has this ra- it has two random straps that form an X near the top. I guess to just help support the the zipper
1: <laughs> the, the zipper that's so long and yet is insufficient for its task.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's It's not a good look. It's not a good look. A lot of the looks in this game are very Nomura. Like, I don't don't know how much of um, the character designs Nomura did. I know he did some. Mm -hmm. But um, this is something that we touched upon a little bit with Crisis Core and Avid Children. But is really going to come to a head here. Mm -hmm. Is that despite the fact that this game technically takes place, I think, only four years-ish or so after Final Fantasy VII... The designs of everything have wildly changed from being like yeah. a kind of '50s relatively realistic but still you know diesel punk aesthetic, right. to just like weird futuristic Tron sort of looks like very much like here's how people are going to dress in the space age, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of the style of Square at the time, but it really clashes super duper. Yeah, hard. it
1: doesn't make any sense in this universe.
0: It does not, and. It when we get to a few other characters, they're going to look like not out of place if it was Final Fantasy X, but looks so mm-hmm. out of place here. Yeah. It is absolutely amazing. So they get done, like, wiping out the soldiers in calm, and then they hear that the Deep Crowd is now attacking Edge, which is another city that's on the edge of Midgar. And so Vince goes there, and he ends up running to another member of the Svets, a woman by the name of Rosso the Crimson. Now, Rosso is a woman who... Seems like she was, like, born in a tube and just made into an adult. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. At, at
0: least that's how she explains it. She's like, I never really had a childhood. I'm just here to murder people, and I love it. I love murdering people. I'm really good at it, Vincent. Uh She has a Russian accent, um, like, tall, about as tall as Vincent is. Um mm-hmm. And, once again, looks like she is basically out of Tron, but like not quite uh I think her... I'm gonna pull her up real quick as well, yeah she's actually she's actually like out of place when you even see characters from um from deep ground, like she's just I don't know why exactly they went with her look here, I'm also going to throw this in here because. Th- these character designs are just ridiculous, and I'll, I'll probably throw this into. Uh,
1: oh God! Yeah. yeah, that's like a. I don't even know what Fall Fantasy that design is.
0: I don't either, honestly. It,
1: that's like a Shin Megami design.
0: It's, I'd say it's like Final Fantasy twelve like.
1: Yeah, kind of.
0: Yeah, a lot of metal, like it's almost practical armor, but then it's like exposed midriff and, and what have you, like. Which, to be fair, we are in the era of Final Fantasy where everybody has to have an exposed midriff no matter what.
1: Right. This is like four different PlayStation 2 RPGs mashed together.
0: It really is. It's amazing. It's an amazing look. And I'll, I'll post a picture in the description when, we, when this episode gets uploaded, make a mental note to myself. But yeah, she, he ends up running to Rosso, and they basically fight each other to a standstill. Like it's. Um, mm hmm. She like mentions all the troops that she killed would not last a day in Deep Ground because we're just so hardcore. Uh, this is also when Reeve explains that Deep Ground is the shadow of Shinra, created in secret. as like a, a super soldier army that answers only to the president. Right. Then, which, once again, wasn't that just soldier, but whatever, I guess. Also, we hear that apparently like 10,000 people disappear from June on. ...at a certain point, and it was somehow successfully covered up by the WRO, which I don't know how you do that, but...
1: Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot.
0: Also, Reeve then just says this line that I wrote down. Let me ask you, does the wind sound like a thousand wailing souls? What? What? okay the
1: worst part about this is there are many characters in this game that could deliver that line and it would be in character yeah reeve is like one of the only ones that isn't that
0: exactly right there's
1: there are so many melodramatic tragic Mm -hmm. idiots in this game that could say a line like that but reeve come on not what are you doing
0: yeah, and I'm sure there's actually a context that's behind that that I did not write down, but it was such sure. it was such a stupid line that apparently I felt the need to put it in there. So, right after this, there are a broadcast is spread all over the world where a mysterious long-haired man with like almost Dragon Ball Z like Super Saiyan 3 hair, so like very uh-huh. long, very poofy, going all over the place, completely stark white who says it is now his job to destroy the tainted and spare the pure, because it's now time to cleanse the world, and he calls himself Weiss the Immaculate, the leader of deep ground. And so everyone's like, boy, we gotta stop him, that sounds bad, wonder how he's gonna do that. Anyways, back in edge, Vincent runs into a WRO scientist, who I have here written down is maybe one of the worst dressed person I've ever (laughs) seen, and her name is Shalua. Oh god. So Shulua is here on business searching for something. And Vince and she's like, Vincent, what are you searching for? He's like, I'm trying to find deep ground. What are you trying to find? And she says, I'm searching for a reason to live.
1: Oh my god. That's the point where you just walk away. You're like, okay, good luck with that. Bye.
0: Yeah, you know, you just you're just living your you're living your life, and that's cool, I guess. This is going to probably be the last picture i end up posting but it is so important alex it is so important that you see what this overly tragic idiot character looks like because my god
1: (sighs) yeah that sure is (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying i'm trying to figure out how this skirt thing even works
0: oh yeah can
1: you describe that skirt it is like, okay, it is like, a, I don't even know what you'd call it, but it's like an uneven skirt, so like the, the bottom hem is like slanted, mm-hmm. so it's, it's higher on one leg than it is on the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is like that, like magenta colored, except if someone just removed the middle half horizontally mm-hmm. from all the way around. Yes. Rendering it in two parts that are kind of functioning as if they are entangled mm-hmm. through space-time without actually being conjoined. Yeah, basically.
0: Yeah, she- and then
1: there's a black leather miniskirt under that because it doesn't actually cover anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, she has two pieces of maroon fabric that are just randomly hanging on her body, Oh, on top of a black miniskirt. And the second piece of maroon clothing is just connected to said black miniskirt by two very thin stripes of denim in an X.
1: Yeah. Which I guess, I guess works.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: she also appears to be wearing a lab coat on her shoulders, like some sort of Admiral's jacket.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has a, uh, she has basically a, f- a fake metal arm. Uh, that she doesn't use half the time, mm. and also you think she's winking, but she's not. She's missing an eye.
1: Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, I'm not sure who this character's supposed to be.
0: She is supposed to be a very troubled soul. That's because she's missing limbs, nicely, and Got apparently it. fabric. Yeah. Yeah, she is, a, she is maybe the most ridiculous-looking character in this entire game. Uh, and boy, is that saying something. Is that yeah. saying something? Oh, God. Yeah, so Shalua is... Shalua is both going to really matter and really not matter. It's absolutely amazing. So, after running back into Rosso, getting into uh, another fight, we find out that they need the proto-materia from Vincent because they needed to control something called Omega
1: Alright, okay. Omega's like a fall fantasy thing. That's fine.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, Vincent has no idea what she's on about, but after getting pushed through a wall, he has, like, transform- he, like, just suddenly transforms into a demon form, uh, unleashes (laughs) a ton of energy and just blows her away. And then he passes out, only for Shalou to walk up to him. So, Vincent then has a flashback to Lucretia's Crystal Death Cavern, where she says, I'm sorry to Vincent, he's very confused. And it had further flashbacks from there to Nibelheim, and to Hojo holding a gun and shooting Vincent back when he was just a Turk. Also, uh, I have here written that Hojo's gun somehow has two vertical barrels, which I'm not sure how that would work. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I don't know. I don't know how that hammer mechanism would... It, but, but okay, cool. I, I guess, I, I guess there I... exist, but still.
1: Yeah, I sat through Trigun, and man, Vash the Stampede's gun doesn't make sense either, and it didn't bother me. I'll let it
0: go. It's impossible to aim gun where the barrel's for some reason on the bottom of the gun. The barrel's
1: on the bottom, which isn't where the hammer is. The the bullet would not move. It
0: wouldn't, it doesn't work. The gun doesn't work. Listen, the hammer hits a second hammer that sets off the lower (laughs) barrel. I figured it out
1: i love trigon so much that gun is fucking stupid
0: it is so stupid it is so dumb oh my god (laughs) so we're back at uh i have here i don't know deep ground headquarters uh, shulk and azul are checking up on their keeper is what they say who's at wro headquarters what does this mean who knows
1: it means there's a mall Uh,
0: exactly So back at WRO headquarters, we find out that Vincent was um, another extended flashback where Vincent was being experimented on in a tube Um, in traditional Hojo fashion. He's just in his full on suit in said tube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because nobody thinks to, I don't know, undress or put them in something else. It's great.
1: Yeah. You know, it's fine. Just put them in the tube. The, The cells will take care of it.
0: Exactly. And like he wakes up from, he wakes up in the present. He's also in a tube, and Shilua releases him because they're in WRO headquarters now. Mm-hmm. And it turns out Vincent is harboring something called the Chaos Gene.
1: Oh, God.
0: And with the Chaos Gene, he could transform into Chaos. But when he's Chaos, he can't control himself. It's then heavily implied that this is all the is doing as she is researching Chaos. Apparently, her entire thesis was about the relationship between Chaos and Omega and how they were going to destroy the world one day. How many Doomsday prophecies does this world have? uh, At least three so far. (laughs) And I'm sure there's going to be another couple around the corner. Probably. Uh, So... Reeve is then brought up to speed about the Proto-Maturia, and it turns out in Lucretia's thesis, once, oh yeah, once again, Chaos and Domega are directly related, mm-hmm. Lucretia might be involved somehow, but before they can figure it out, Deep Ground attacks WRO headquarters. Uh, so he's like, oh no, Vince, you gotta stop him. And so Vince goes to do that, but as he's like fighting off the soldiers, it turns out he was being stealth followed by Shelk, the VR girl, and it, like Shalua shows up and she's like, Shelk, my sister!
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sure. Yeah,
0: so then they have a very awkward reunion because it turns out Shulk has been missing for ten years, and it turns out she either has forgotten or has repressed memories or something. Because it turns out ten years ago she was recruited, and by recruited I mean she was taken away, tortured, had her mind broken, and was now a shadow of her former self, and she was made to live in hell. This is her. This is her words, not mine. Uh huh. It turns out she now needs Mako every day to live. And she doesn't age, so she intentionally looks like she's nine. Huh. Yeah, so that's the reason why she's so short, by the way. She's, okay. she's actually a, a 19-year-old in a 9-year-old's body. This is gonna get weird in about an hour. Anyways! Yeah. She's incredibly angry at her sister. I guess her, her memories now come back because her sister didn't save her. Well,
1: save her how? She can barely dress herself. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. So Reef shows up and is like, hey, can you all cut this out? Your sister's also suffered. Look at her. She lost an eye and an arm and all she had to have half her organs reconstructed. She spent the past 10 years fighting you and all that happened to her. She suffered the pain of a thousand souls I have written down here.
1: Why does he keep talking about a, sa- a thousand sad things? Is
0: he he's really trying. I love this scene so much, Alex, because they're just having like a sad off. <laughs> like I was tortured. And- I need Mako every day. It's like why well, I lost my arm. Well, I I'm perpetually nine. It's just like I had all my organs reconstructed. I I have I now have a tube for a small intestine.
1: And Reeves just over here trying to MC the thing and just reaching into like that one week in college he got really into
0: poetry. Yep, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much while Vincent just stands around awkwardly. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Anyways. Vincent's
1: just going, oh my god, this is so deep and intense. Probably,
0: actually. <laughs> you see me, I'm brooding. I'm wearing my clothes. File Bessie Simon are all torn up. I'm a vampire, but not really. Look at my red eyes. So. Nope. Shulk runs away and Reeve gives Vincent sedation bullets to fight Shulk with. He then oh runs into god. Shulk and he sedates the fuck out of her. <laughs> he pulls out a machine gun full of sedation bullets and just Oh my god. Shoots her a lot. It's so good. Oh. Vincent then runs to Azul, who's like, do you even know why you exist, Vincent? Or are you ignorant of your own destiny? And Vincent's like, I don't care, and like tries to shoot him. He's like, no, I have a magic armor shield! Which, uh, Vincent's like, that seems bad, but then Reeve gives him a rocket launcher, he shoots it, and turns out that's more than enough to take him down. Okay,
1: okay, good.
0: Yeah. Uh, he then proceeds to shoot him with a bunch of not-sedating bullets and kills him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's just assume that guy didn't have a tragic backstory and wasn't, like, a kidnapped prisoner or anything. Just just put him down.
0: Yeah, just, just shoot the hell out of him. He looks weird. <laughs> so they're like, well, I guess we have this dead body and we have this knocked out 9 nine-year-old. Good job, team. Yeah, we did it. So Vincent is like, okay, I guess I need to go to the Shinra Manor and just, like, kind of do some research to, to the creation and whatnot. So I'm going to go do that. And he's like, good Good plan. I'm gonna send Kate Sif to go see what the deal is with Deep Ground. So Kitty's to Shinra Manor, we have another flashback to Vincent Turk. Uh turns out when he was assigned to protect Lucretia. When Lucretia first met him though, she was taken aback that they would send him. Bum bum bum. So Yeah. So like um like Vincent like Goes and gets a bunch of files and whatnot. He had grabs a green material that's on the ground, and it turns out Lucretia shows up out of nowhere, and she's like, "Oh, hey, you here to check up on me." Vince is like, uh, "Uh, you're supposed to be a crystal lady," but no, <laughs> turns out she's a hologram. Turns out it was a pre-recorded message that was warning about Omega, because you see, Alex, Omega's mm-hmm. whole point is to kill all life on the planet. Okay. Purposefully. Sure. So, just like. Okay, so you know how when people die, they return to the life stream, and eventually they become something else. a person becomes a tree and whatnot.
2: hmm
0: You know, it's all this circular, you know, circle of life. Yeah. Uh, the planet operates on a similar mechanism. You see, eventually, the planet itself dies, but that's natural. And when mm-hmm. the planet dies, its soul, the life stream, essentially extends up into the heavens and goes, joins the universe proper. Now... Sure... How this is accomplished, though, is batshit, because you see how this is accomplished is that it ha- creates a weapon called Omega. You know, there's a bunch of weapons that you may create to protect uh-huh. you know, like emeralds and diamond, giant monsters and whatnot. Omega's yeah. another one that basically shows up, kills all life on the planet, gathers all the energy w- inside of it, and then just flies into space, leaving behind the planet, which then just slowly turns into a dead rock. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, and this, okay. is,
0: this is all going to happen one day. One day, a weird demon alien is just going to show up, take all the energy, and fly off. But Deep Ground is trying to cause Omega to show up early. Now, how they're trying to do that is... Boy, is it a thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Because K-Sith infiltrates an old reactor in the heart of Midgar, only you see that deep ground is loading people to giant holding cells and then dropping them into Mako in order to make them into pure Mako. There's also a giant hand that like grabs them and pulls them in, which you think is Omega, but it's not. It's a random giant hand. Don't worry about okay. it It never happened. It never comes up ever again. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's like, oh no, they're turning into pure Mako in order to trick the planet to think it's dying somehow and cause it to summon Omega. Huh? Man, that's crazy. Anyways, he's then confronted by a weird dude with metal wings um, who also has, like, bandages all over his face who then immediately kidnaps K-Sith into darkness. This person's name is Nero the Sable. He's the brother of Weiss. Uh Uh-huh. We're going to be talking about him more later. So, Vincent ends up having some more, like, flashbacks during this time. Like, he gets, like, copies from Lucretia and, like... Uh, that's in the present, but like his flashback is like, oh man, he's being experimented on by Lucretia. He's like, oh no, did Lucretia turn me into who I am? Why would she do that? He also then runs into Rosso again.
1: Wait, Lucretia was experimenting
0: on him. It appears to be the case. Yeah.
1: I thought she was dead at that point.
0: So it turns out no, oh, she God. was sick by that point, but she wasn't dead. Okay. Yeah. So, he runs into Rosso, who's like, hey, how you doing? Uh, by the way, you're probably wondering how we got freed He's like three years ago. And Vincent's like, oh, you got freed three years ago? She's like, yeah. Not sure who did that. Anyways, I'm gonna stab you in the chest and take out this giant orb that has the galaxy in it, because that's the Protomateria. Um, unfortunately, this turns Vincent into chaos, because it turns out the Protomateria was the only thing keeping him from just transforming into chaos at any time. And, like, He's like on the floor writhing around in pain. He's about to be killed when Yuffie shows up and rescues him and drives Yay. Rosso off. Like Yuffie's wearing like this cool mantle that's like just like a Moogle and whatnot. And like she does like peppy lines, but then she trips and falls on her face because she's Yuffie. Yeah, Yuffie. She is still she's... precocious.
1: Leave it, leave it to Yuffie to show up when Materia's on the line.
0: hmm Exactly at that point and not a second earlier. So we get yet another flashback. There's so many flashbacks in this game. Uh Back to Nibbleheim. And we get a flashback to Vincent and Hojo, who are arguing. He's like, you can't let Lucretia do this. Vincent to Hojo. And Hojo's like, oh, and why not? I should be able to do whatever unethical science I want to. (laughs) And it turns out Lucretia's like, Vincent, shut up. I'm going to let him take part in the project. And Vincent's like, but it's your own child that's gonna be experimented on. It's like, are you sure about this? And then she just screamed at her saying, Yes, I am, I am sure. It is my body. I want to do this. I want to put the cells in my baby. <laughs>
1: okay lucretia is coming off as a very insane person right now
0: she does she has breakdowns at the drop of a hat she will just suddenly start yelling for no reason at the slightest pushback she seems incredibly unstable and also like
1: wait what's what's happening hojo's like hey you know that baby i put in you what if i injected Genova cells into it wouldn't that be cool and she's like, yeah, that sounds
0: neat. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, no, great plan. A plus on board. <laughs> and Vincent's like, uh, really?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, and it, it gets, so at, at a certain point past this, she has visions of like Sephiroth's future, of like what he's going to do. She's uh-huh. like, oh, that's bad. And it goes comatose. And apparently Vincent has blamed himself for ever since. He's like, I should have saved her. I should have prevented her from doing this. And it's like, well, yeah, you would probably have prevented pretty much all of Final Fantasy set if you did that, but yeah, yeah. Well, no. Hindsight's twenty twenty, Vincent. Don't beat yourself up. So Vincent wakes up to Yuffie, who reintroduces herself as a single white rose of Wu Tie. Falls oh, into her God. head, gives herself a concussion, and then she's like, "Also, I'm part of WRO now. Isn't that cool? I'm gonna be like your partner in this game when I don't disappear for the vast majority of it."
1: I was gonna say it's like you haven't been around the whole time yet.
0: Nope. She has not a lot of pre-release coverage really played up that Yuffie was going to have a large role in this game and be Vince. It really did. Yeah. And, but she's, she doesn't do anything in this and she's hardly around Vincent at all. Oh yeah. It's really weird. It's like, they're like always half committed to having Yuffie be in things Mm -hmm. and like, man, Yuffie's a cool character. We should have Yuffie do things. And they're like, well, actually maybe we shouldn't. So it's like, she shows up, like, every once in a while in, in like, a, some big way, and then it's like, well, we're gonna forget about her for the rest of the game. Like, it makes it all that bored saying that they actually gave her an entire episode in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. So, Reeve then contacts Vincent after this, and he's like, hey, we're gonna launch a full offensive on Midgard to stop all the, you know, dumping people into the live stream thing. Seems real messed up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, come back to WRO headquarters and help us out with that. Oh, by the way, he's not uh, chaos anymore, and even though the proto is the only thing keeping him from uh, transforming into chaos, uh, he's he's fine for now. Okay, sure. So there's that. Okay, that's so back, good. So back at headquarters, Shulk wakes up and like immediately breaks out, mostly because her sister literally fell asleep at her desk. Oh. And at the same time, Azul also wakes up at WRO headquarters, so, even though he was definitely dead.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Sure. So Shulk then like immediately threatens to kill Shalua and Shalua's like, oh, you know, all that time, like, I guess day or so ago when I was like on my hands and knees crying about you. Well, I've gotten over that. I will kick your ass. Uh, (laughs) Uh-huh. Sure. You want to try me, little little kid? Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) I should point out that um, Shulk's like choice of weapon is dual lightsabers by the way okay okay sure well they're like, sure. they're like dual heat rods actually because like they basically mm. turn on they get superheated and whatnot but they look like lightsabers right uh so yeah they're like about to like fight when like deep ground in infiltrates wr headquarters again in attack. again yeah right also i have here written reeve then gets a missile in the face oh uh, he's fine though so yeah,
1: his- I mean, if Rufus was any indication, it's fine.
0: Yeah. So, Yuffie and Vincent get to a WR headquarters just in time and, like, Azul himself is tra- mutated to a giant behemoth and is, like, also is, like Shalou is, like, threw a lab code away and they're about to get into a big old giant fight and Shulk's like, oh, hey, Azul, how's it going? And Azul's like, oh, great. Did you get all the information we needed? She's like, yeah. It's like, cool, I'm gonna kill you now. And Shulk's like, oh. wait, why? It's like, Oh, because I just kind of wanted to kill you all along. It also is under Weiss's orders. He thinks you're useless now, so you get to die. That cool. Anyways, Shula's like, "Oh no!" Like grabs Shulk, throws just some passive blast doors, um, alongside Vincent, and like as the doors are like, close, like she like holds open like the doors with like her robot arm, and she's like, "Shulk, I found my reason to live." My reason is to live is for you to live. To live, Shulk. <sighs> Anyways, her arm gets crushed. The door closes. Motor oil flows underneath the door. and Everyone's like, oh, boy. Well, I guess Shaloo is dead. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, and I have here written, oh, he's fine. He's just sad. Vincent then <laughs> gives him a pep talk. He's like, don't worry. The fact that WRO got infiltrated twice and you're a complete screw-up doesn't matter. You're our leader. He's like... And Breeze's like, you're right, we could do this. So they fight off the rest of uh, Deep Ground, and, you know, as they're getting ready for the big old mission, Shaloo is now on a healing pod. She's apparently got head trauma. Everyone's like, she might not wake up. Yuffie then, for some reason, gets really- Wait, what happened to her fighting the giant behemoth dog? I guess she just got hit in the head, and he was just like, all right, job's done. Walked away. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, I'll be honest, I don't care about her, so I'm not going to question it that hard. <laughs> I'm just not that invested.
0: Yeah, don't worry, you're not going to do much after this, so don't be invested. So Yufi gets, like, really angry, and Vincent's like, why didn't you save her? You should have saved her! And then Reeves like, hey, I don't think Vincent could have done anything in that situation. Yufi's like, oh yeah, no, you're, you're right, I'm just lashing out. A kid,
1: oh, okay. And it okay. Him. Does she have anger issues now? We should know about. I guess so. I okay.
0: He's been hanging out around Barrett too much, I guess. But yeah, sure. Actually, probably more like Sid. Yeah, yeah. Oof. So oh yeah, yeah, oof indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so shell could then like she's like she was a fool. Why did she sacrifice herself? Blah,
1: blah, 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 blah. Oh my
0: god. Yeah, she immediately gets slapped by Yuffie, but she's like, well, how can someone give their life for another beep boop? I'm a robot. And Vincent this entire time is just not listening. He's just literally having a flashback of him hanging out Lucretia (laughs) in the field.
1: Oh, that's so perfect. That's fantastic.
0: It is. It is. They're just having a picnic. and Lucretia's like, why are you sleeping on the job? You're supposed to protect me, idiot. (laughs) It's It's great. Also, apparently Shelk sees his flashback. Oh, sure. Why
1: not? She's a VR lady.
0: Yeah, and it turns out she has half Lucretia's files. And with the other half that the WRO has, if they upload all of those to her mind, then she can maybe <laughs> figure out Deep Crown's plan and stop them. Wait, what, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you know that there's a soul internet? No. There's a soul internet. And is it called
1: LifeNet? No, but it should be. It should be.
0: <laughs> yeah, but no, it turns out that like, now she's like totally on board with helping him out. And it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get all the files Lucretia and I'll be able to know what her plans are and get all the information about Omega. We can devise a way to stop them.
1: Wait, this is Lucretia's
0: plan? Apparently Lucretia did come up with a plan, yeah. What? Why? Good question. She did, though. Wait,
1: has it been indicated that this was Lucrezia's plan, or Lucrezia knew anything about this?
0: Well, she definitely knows about Omega. Like, her thesis was about Omega. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like, okay, well, we have all this information on Omega, we can devise a plan to stop him. Sure. So then, out of nowhere after this, Sid shows up in his new airship, the Shara. Okay, sure. Yeah, turns out WRO has an air force, and, um... This Shira runs on, quote-unquote, mysterious power. So, oil. Yeah, oil. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it turns out they're about to do, like, a giant fight where they're going to, like, air bomb, like, Shinra headquarters, and the army's going to go in on foot, and they're going to just absolutely mess them up. And then we find out that, like, deep, we find out a little bit more about the origins of Deep Ground as well. We find out it started out with a medical facility for Soldier. And then that all changed, though, after a man only known as G influenced the organization with, from within. So with that influence, they decided they needed to have a separate army. So they all get on the Shara, and they all start flying to their mission and whatnot. Uh, they take um, the corpse with them, by the way, Shalua, for some reason. Okay, sure. And on board the Shara, SID informs everyone the ground forces will assault them, uh, and then we get, like, a cute cutscene where a semi-truck being driven by Barrett and Tifa are on their way and then the truck pops open to reveal Cloud on his motorcycle and they take off after Midgar and it's it's that's that's cool I guess
1: sure the gang's all here kind of the
0: gang's all here and the whole tire is that they're gonna all act as a big distraction so Vincent can infiltrate deep ground and stop everybody why him and not Cloud? I don't know. Anyway, I don't
1: know. It's Vincent's fight. He has to do this alone.
0: Exactly. I think they literally do say that. By the way, <laughs>
1: Jeez, of course they do. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: to this day, I think my favorite line from from Firefly is. Uh, Nathan Fillion's character is having a fist fight with someone and someone says no this is his fight he has to do this alone and then Nathan Fillion says no it's not <laughs> and they and they go oh and I'll shoot
0: the guy <laughs> oh Firefly was so good it was uh... <laughs> yeah it's amazing how often this is now this is now we think about this is the second time this trope has it's come it's the second in...
1: time in 7 alone <laughs>
0: Y'all don't need to do this.
1: <laughs> you, you're a team for a reason. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, right. So during all this time, like Vincent is like unexpectedly transforming to chaos on occasion. Like he'll have Vision Lucretia that'll pull him back into control. But like mm. Vincent realizes it's only a matter of time, and like Shulk observes this but says nothing about it. Um, Vincent then has a moment with Shulk. He's like, "Hey, listen, I I can count on you because you're going to use the VR device to basically like." Have like direct the troops and everywhere and whatnot. And she's like, wow, people are counting on me. That's crazy. And then Sid's like, hey, Shulk, I'm going to count on you to do things. And she's like, wow. And Reed's like, I'm going to count on you, Shulk. She's like, everybody's counting on me. This is cool. I have friends now. What is now. this
1: character?
0: <laughs> what is this character's purpose or arc? To learn that she can trust people and that she has friends. To learn to be human again
1: great okay
0: after being a tortured 19 year old in a nine-year-old's body <sighs> sure fine whatever so a big huge battle happened between wro and deep ground like yuffie hover out of the airship like Rosso like actually attacks cloud to get into a dumb fight that's never resolved apparently
1: sure why
0: not um cloud
1: against... wins spoiler
0: yeah that's that's how i interpreted it as <laughs> So Vincent airdrops in and lands near the Shinra building. Uh, I have here written down, Vincent hears a sad backstory of a bunch of WRO soldiers. Apparently it was not important enough for me to elaborate.
1: Yeah, okay, fair
0: enough. So Vincent then runs into Rosso, um, who mentions nothing about her fight against Cloud, uh, and then immediately gets shot a bunch. She can't believe that she got shot a bunch.
1: (laughs) Oh, well,
0: these things happen. She's then like, "Oh, there's no way I'm gonna let you kill me." It's, so like, they're like in like a skyscraper, and she like slices part of the building apart and falls to her death while Vincent aggressively doesn't care. Uh-huh. Uh
1: huh. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, and like he makes his way into Shinra, the Shinra building, finds a way to Deep Ground HQ, which is like an elevator down, and while on the elevator fights Zul, uh, and manages to like stop him. Like, he, like, he kills him once, he gets up again, and, like, Vincent basically just transforms into chaos, and just, like, absolutely murders him. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's going, uh, going pretty good. Going pretty good. Okay. So, during the fight, though, like, the Shara is, like, starting to fall apart, like, apparently the Injury Room gets damaged, and, like, Shelf goes down to, like, figure out what's going on, and she runs into Nero, and a dead Caith Sith. And she finds out the entire engineering crew has been kidnapped to sacrifice for the Omega. Like Nero, literally okay. tells Shulk this, and Shulk just literally goes, "Oh." Shulk then realizes that people are counting on her to stop Nero, <laughs> so they have a fight that she loses. Yeah, she, and okay. she gets put into the darkness. Uh, Tifa then, after that, gives like Vincent a call, and like Cloud, like gets on the line to tell her, is like, oh hey, by the way, uh, Sid's airship is missing, but he's probably fine. Just we want to <laughs> let you know." <laughs> What do you mean it's he's missing? <laughs> he just like he says it's missing, but he's probably okay. So don't worry. It's so dumb.
2: It's oh so my dumb.
0: Oh god. So after this we have yet another flashback uh to Lucretia. But now she's trying to free Vincent from his tube. While a shadowy Hojo shows up and he's like, What are you doing? What are you doing with my failed experiment? And Lucretius like, doesn't say anything. He's like, Oh, you're a scientist and you're also experimenting on him. Oh, one's a scientist, always oh, a scientist. And then he just cackles and walks off.
1: Yeah, okay, that seems right. Mm hmm hojo was never written incorrectly in any of this like hojo is the one most consistently properly done character in this entire compilation
0: he absolutely is like he's the most on brand through every game and honestly he's the best character in this game yeah Um, like every time he's on screen he's just doing something amoral and you're like oh hojo (laughs) oh that's hojo that's hojo so, Vince gets to the bottom of the elevator, finds Deep Grab before he can walk in. He gets sucked into the darkness uh, by Nero, uh, like, and he starts to transform into Chaos while he's in the darkness. But then, Lucretia's soul shows up to tell him to not be controlled by Chaos. That you're stronger than this. That you can do it. Uh, we also can he s- though? well, turns out yes, because that uh, allows him to start controlling Chaos finally. Oh, okay, that help, was help of the Christian, that was it. Huh? That was it. So back with Shulk, we find that she's stuck in a a shield bubble surrounded by darkness, presumably caused by Nero. And Uh she's apparently been the one sending flashbacks to Vincent because she's been using the Uh soul internet to do so. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we get... Oh, God, I have written, what the fuck is this? Okay, great. So I love (laughs) my notes sometimes. This was the breaking point. Apparently this was. So we get another flashback to Lucretia. Sometime before the events of everything. And she's hanging out with an older man with black hair and red eyes. And his name is Grimoire (laughs) Valentine. Oh my god. He is the father of Vincent. And apparently she's helping... He's helping her prove her belief that chaos is real. Because everyone's like, I don't think a giant weird alien angel monster that the planet summons going to show up to just take all the live stream and fly away. That sounds really stupid. Uh-huh. Uh, we're not going to approve your thesis. And I guess Grimoire is here to be like, no, I'm sure it's going to work. We're experimenting with darkness. But then unfortunately the tube explodes and the darkness that was in the tube lands on Grimoire. And he's like, oh, that sucks. And Lucretius is like, I'm so sorry. He's like, oh, no, I'm sure this is absolutely fine. I'm going to be absolutely fine. Falls over dead. <laughs> he, but as he dies, he tells Lucretia to tell his son he's sorry. And apparently, all the times that Lucretia's been telling Vincent, she's sorry, He she actually means... Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> she's not what sorry is, for anything.
1: What does this have to do? Like, they just reveal this in the 10th hour and are like, this is, this is, this character that you, Vincent's father, who's never been relevant, Mm -hmm. is that's what this is about?
0: I think what they wanted to do is like to cut back to like Lucretia first meeting Vincent and be like, oh wait, it's his son. This is crazy. What a coincidence. And I think they also want to explain why Vincent has darkness powers. But this is after Vincent has been born and all those darkness powers come from Uh, lucretia and hojo experimenting on him so right this is pointless
1: this is pointless and like not connected to anything Mm -hmm. like what does vincent's father have to do with anything he's never been mentioned before
0: yeah it's it's so exceedingly pointless it is just like well what if we uh, vincent has family right Right. What if? What if that was something? What if that could be a thing? What if he was also researching chaos? And it's like, what if he was? We well, that
2: happened.
0: Game? Can we make this game five minutes shorter? <laughs> so, yeah, it's so dumb. So we get back to Shell because she has yet another flashback. But this time is when she was a little kid, or I guess a littler kid. Uh huh. Um, and it's basically Shelk and her sister crying over her mom dying. And then Shalua stands, then shows up next to her, uh, adult Shalua. Right. Uh, and she's like, hey, Shelk, is it okay if I return to live stream? I, I kind of just want to die now. And then Shulk says, no. And then Shelk then cries and goes, I didn't think I have any tears left. Uh, this is the last time Shalua shows up in the story. She is presumed dead after this point.
1: Okay, sure. So, yay. Shouldn't Shelf just be a telepath? Y- You'd think so. Wouldn't that accomplish the same narrative purpose without introducing some weird crap?
0: It has to be a mixed technology, though. Technology no, and... no, it doesn't.
1: <laughs> no! This, the whole point of Final Fantasy VII was that our souls and our life in connection to the planet is this beautiful miraculous phenomenon that technology just impedes and restrains and Mm. is literally sometimes choking to death
0: yeah yeah it is but uh but what if
1: there was a soul internet
0: what if you looked at it through this visor what are you talking about what if the technology just suddenly jumped like 60 years in the future how's that sound yeah it, it it's really, really silly, and it's it's this alongside the character designs that really just emphasizes that this game feels like it's just made for a different series in a different era. Yeah, it, it, it's really. Yeah, it doesn't fit at all. It's so strange. It's so strange why they made this decision. It's so weird. Yeah, and it's, like you said, it could all be solved by just being like Shulk's a telepath. She yeah, got, she got experimented on with Mako. Now she's a Mako telepath.
1: And that's that's why they kidnapped her because they wanted her a, a telepath. They wanted a telepath
0: mm-hmm. to
1: direct their Mako monster army.
0: Yeah, but nope, not gonna do that. So Vincent, like after all this, escapes the darkness and he encounters Nero. Nero's like, "Oh huh, wow, nobody's ever done that before. Good job." Vincent's like, "Hey, what'd you do with Shulk?" And she's he's like, "Oh, I guess she's inside me, or the dark, because the darkness is inside me." Oh, God,
1: this is the darkness again. It's the darkness. Always the darkness.
0: Always the darkness. And there's going to be even more darkness because Vincent and Nero fight. And, like, Vincent gets the upper hand, but not before Nero puts it back in the darkness. Okay, sure. <laughs> but Vincent manages to find. This actually works out well because Vincent manages to find Shelk in there before the darkness overtakes her. It rescues her. Like, they escape the darkness Uh-oh. and find a very confused Nero who says. I I think this is a direct quote, or maybe I'm paraphrasing, but, mm-hmm. oh, right, you have the chaos in you, can't put you in darkness. <laughs> I think that's paraphrased, but I put it it's, in It quotes. must
1: be paraphrased, but it is still like, yeah, dude, d- mm-hmm. didn't you just give him the key mm-hmm. to, like, kick your ass?
0: Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, also, by the way, while uh, Vincent is talking with Shulk, he sees, like, images of Lucretia basically, like, appear in front of her and whatnot, speaking at the same time. Because uh-huh. she is now so into Lucretia and her research, she's, like, sort of becoming Lucretia a bit.
1: Oh, God, that sucks.
0: Did I say this was gonna come become uncomfortable in an hour? Yes, God, I did. God,
1: That sucks. <laughs> that's so bad <laughs> Ugh.
0: oh don't worry it'll get worse anyways that's awful <laughs> okay so speaking of children yuvi shows up as well and no one cares nero then <laughs> <one> immediately leaves <laughs> oh good good perfect so Shulk's hurt by the darkness, so she gets put into an old Mako pod that just happens to be nearby, I guess, to heal and whatnot.
1: What? Why? Since when do Mako pods heal people and not turn them into
0: Sephiroths? Um, now, I guess. Okay. Yeah, and to be fair, she does need her daily dose of Mako. Maybe she's a little late on
1: sure. it. Sure, yeah, okay.
0: So we end up having more flashbacks because, once again, literally every other scene is a flashback. It's... Mm-hmm. I don't know the video I watched had both gameplay and cutscenes mm-hmm. so what I can say from this is that boy is it jarring does it really kill the pace of this thing constantly to have these flashbacks uh,
1: so, but you need to understand his past though Oh God, his don't past don't. is so tragic
0: oh and it's gonna get even more
1: tragic he's haunted by the past
0: ugh is his past really stupid as we're gonna find out More, because Turk Vincent finds a monitor talking about his dad, Grimmar Valentine.
1: Oh, God, his dad again.
0: Yep, and he then questions Lucretia about it, who immediately gets hysterical. She's like, your dad is dead. Ah." And it runs away dramatically. Literally just runs away dramatically, like flailing (laughs) your arms and everything.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so weird. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Vincent then says all he wanted was to see her smiling face and then we get one last flashback where Vincent then says the life left her heart after this and, after, and then apparently after this uh, she decided to do her dumb, have Hojo's baby and put the S- Genova cells in it Plan because we see her Vince, uh, Hojo being like, oh, so you decided to choose me after all. I guess you couldn't resist the science. Ha,
1: ha, ha, ha. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> it's so bad. This
1: fucking amoral meta science as a metaphor for like tortured relationship romance crap. Is just so, oh my god.
0: Yeah, and like, I think they're trying so hard to, like, make it seem like Lucretia is, like, not amoral and kind of suck. But all they're, yeah. all they're doing to accomplish that is make her seem incredibly unstable and also amoral and, like, she kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, it doesn't work. They, like, they're trying to rescue the character so badly here, and they are just so failing. The character wasn't that broken to begin with. No. Like,
1: she just seems kind of stupid for trusting Hojo.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, like, I, I don't know why they had to expound on her in this fashion, but they decided. They decided to. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, oh, also, I have here written, apparently, incredulously, apparently Shelk had this flashback at the same time.
1: Yeah, sure. SoulNet telepath. Why yeah, not? Yeah,
0: SoulNet telepath. I think this is when I finally put that 2 to 2 together, which is why I wrote, wrote okay. that. So Vincent enters the very heart of deep ground uh, with Yuffie, and they find a passed-out Weiss. They're like, oh, Weiss is here. That's crazy. Do they know who Weiss is? Oh, he was on the television screen. Being oh, like, right. He was everybody. on the I forgot about the television. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it turns out he's dead. Oh, has he been in the game... Since that until now? Oh, yeah, no, this is the first time we've seen him since then. Okay. Yeah.
1: So he's not really a character.
0: Uh, no. No, he's not, actually.
1: Okay. Really great that Integrate decided to bring him back, sort of.
0: Yeah, as a VR battle, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, sure.
0: Oh, yeah, it, um, oh, it's, um, it's gonna get better. He's gonna somehow become less of a character than a dead body.
1: Amazing.
0: Yeah, because Nero's gonna show up and explain, oh, hey, our plan is that we're going to put the Omega into him. Okay, because sure. It, because so, it's been so long since we've been granted a knowledge of rebirth. Three years ago, we got that knowledge, and we're going to use that to get my brother back because I really love my brother. We're going to put Omega into him, and then we're going to ascend into the stars. I thought
1: Omega was an alien robot.
0: I, you know, don't worry about it. They're just going to control Omega. They, they got a plan.
1: But he's a ghost now? Omega's a ghost? I mean you he's can put him in the bodies?
0: Yeah, you could do a lot of things apparently if it's f oh, when it involves okay. Mako. Sure. Um, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> so they immediately tried to attack Weiss, but Nero freaks out, puts Yuffie into darkness, who immediately gets rescued by Vincent, and she's like, Well, I guess I have to be out of this fight now. I'm injured. Okay. Nero then says the very painful line, the essence of death is undulations are like a lullaby. He then turns into a spider person. (laughs) Sure, okay, yeah. (laughs) So he gets defeated, and an injured Nero walks to Weiss, who's like, hey, we still managed to wake you up, isn't that great? And Nero's like, I'll never leave you, and Weiss is like, stabs in chest. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, he's like, I don't need you anymore. It throws him away. So, Every game has to have the Sephiroth. Uh, this game, Weiss is the buff Sephiroth. Like, he's shirtless. Uh-huh. He's at that six-pack. The man's been hitting the 4 by 4 He's doing his right. thing. Once again, incredibly long, shaggy, uh, you know, white hair. And he's like, I have the Omega in me now. How? And he just does. Okay. And Weiss then looks at Vince. He's like, hey, good to see you again, by the way. And so, like, he explains yeah, three years ago... Um, I was looking for Sephiroth because I needed Sephiroth to, to kind of go with this plan. And at the same time, Why? I managed to put my brain on the internet. Kind of crazy. Don't ask. I just did. I put my brain on the internet and I let mm-hmm. it survive until... that let me survive until my body could be revived. You know, kind of like, sort of like a Neo Reunion, right? That's kind of crazy. Yeah, huh? Anyways, I'm now going to cackle like a madman because guess what? Hey, bitch, it's Hojo! <sighs> Then a Hojo projection shows up and he's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I convinced these idiots to put my brain in this body.
1: <laughs> you know what? No. Good. I'm glad. Oh, no. I c- I'm glad. I cackled at this. I was so happy. This is- I'm glad that what's actually happening is Hojo convinced a bunch of idiots to put him into a buff Sephiroth ripoff.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I was... I was like hooting and hollering because this entire story was a slog up until this point. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like coach just being like these people people are idiots. I just I am now in a buff body. Look at my buff body. I am living my best life now and I know how to control Omega because I'm a scientist. Mama the thunder. only
1: thing that would make this better is if Omega wasn't real. <laughs> If he was just like, oh yeah, Omega, man, ooh.
0: yeah, it'll be great.
1: Y- y'all should do it, Omega,
0: yeah, yeah, and no, I'll help you out with your Omega plan, yeah. Just uh, if you gotta <laughs> put me in his body, I'll help you out with your Omega plan. Oh, also, I'm, I'm technically your brother, I'm just on the internet, don't worry about it. It's yeah, it's, it's
2: oh, it's so stupid,
0: yeah, so. Uh, apparently, Hojo also is like. By the way, Vincent, you should thank me. I made your body perfect so you could hold Chaos in it. Because Chaos needs Omega in order to ascend to its final form. So, hey, is oh.
1: this, is the final form Chaos Omega or Omega Chaos?
0: Um, uh, neither. Actually, they're just supposed to fight a bit. Then Chaos is supposed oh. to lose, and then Omega is supposed to leave. It's part of the prophecy. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, He also explains like, oh yeah, by the way, I injected myself with Jenova Cells first. Of course he did, yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, that didn't work, y'all saw mm-hmm. that in Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Because I failed to consider the fact that the Cells might try to take over my mind and eat away in my soul. His line. Mm-hmm. And that's when he put his brain on the internet, and he's like, after I tricked Nero to put my brain waves in the Weiss, had Deep Ground kidnapped people to make the pure Mako, and had the had him put him into me, and now, well, I guess we're about to have a stupid fight it's great after sure. that i'm going to ascend up into the stars and learn all the information it'll be great so they have a big dumb fight um weiss weiss's weapons of choices uh, choice are like basically like Massive masamune's uh two incredibly mm. long samurai swords uh except his are guns as well he has gun katanas
1: <laughs> of course he does because <laughs> it's, it's a shooter he can't not have guns but he's also the Sephiroth, so he can't not have swords. Mm-hmm. So they got to be
0: gun katanas. They have to be gun katanas. Yes, it's so dumb. It's your only option. Hmm. So, like, at first the fight's going pretty well with Vincent, but then uh, Joe, as I lovingly have named him here, begins mm-hmm. to absorb the life stream. And, like, sure. Vincent now is not, not able to damage mm-hmm. him. Shulk then wakes up from her pod and is like, Tells Vincent telepathically, hey, you need to rule chaos. And if you can rule chaos, you could stand up to him. And so with yeah. that, he is somehow able to bring the proto-materia back into himself. It just it shows up again. Oh. Yeah, where where was it? Uh Rosso hadn't brought it back to Deep Ground to help out with their Omega plant, but they never explained how exactly they were going to use that to summon Omega.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So uh good question.
1: Okay, and then they just left it lying around for Vincent to absorb again.
0: Yep, pretty much. Cool. Yeah, so he transforms into chaos, and chaos apparently allows you to shoot bullets harder because he's now able to hurt Weiss. Okay. So this somehow causes Omega's power to fade from Weiss-Joe, and then Nero's ghost shows up. and somehow infects Weiss-Joe, which causes Weiss himself to wake up and expel Hojo from the body, who then, Hojo then disappears in the live stream, So he's gone.
1: Okay, sure.
0: Yeah, the stream then erupts and engulfs Vincent and everyone else. Just as all the reactors in Midgar come to life, forming a giant Mako cloud that leads to the birth of Omega. So Vincent then turns into chaos, um, uh, and, like, it burst out of, like, Omega's body. And, like, Shulk then, like, contacts him again, is like, hey, listen, I got a plan. I believe that the souls inside of Omega could be interfaced with, so I'm gonna use the soul internet... And upload all of Lucretia's hopes and dreams into it. And with that, you'll be to f- damage it and stop him. I don't
1: know if that's a good idea. Lucretia's hopes and dreams seem very messed up and unstable. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, this is a bad plan. This is a bad plan. <laughs> but they do that. And, like, Vincent, like, dies back into Omega. And, like, manages to touch the blue spirit, which bursts out into Omega. And in... It goes into Vincent along with Shulk's spirit, and it turns out the spirit is Lucretia's, and it makes him super powerful. And they have yet another flashback. Oh, my God. The, flu- the flashback is is doing her best to save Vincent from degrading. You see, she wasn't actually experimenting on him. She was trying to stop him from degrading into nothingness. It turns out all of the demon things was Hojo's doing. Now, in a- okay. so there's our one attempt to save this character. Two, in uh-huh. another, she discovers Hojo with a gun over Vincent while crackling. It, unfortunately, her attempts to save him turned Vincent into chaos on accident, so she still screws up anyways. Sure. Uh, she then accidentally discovers the protomateria just on the floor, I guess, because it's okay. just on the floor. She's like, I guess I'll put him into it and stabilize him. <laughs> she then, like, angrily types. Like, she just flails her arms on the keyboard while going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh this is a game it is. this is a video game the final scene is Lucretia yelling at Hojo to give me my baby I want to see my baby and Hojo being like no <laughs> Um. then she has like a long scene where he talks to a pass out Vincent in his subconscious and basically says she loves him but he needs to wake up and save the world mostly from the dumb bullshit she caused Hmm. and that's exactly what he does cool vincent, vincent chaos saves shulk from the inside of chaos because apparently when she sold internet interface she also ended up inside omega uh this is also when she see he sees the lucretia in her which i write is awkward <laughs> he then manifests a demon gun and shoots omega with it um Like he, Omega first creates a shield, like using the Mako, like the Mako from the reactors. But then all your favorite characters show up and just start destroying all the Mako reactors. Like out slices one in half. Uh, uh, Barrett shoots another. Right, because
1: we're working on Advent Children rules at this point, and they can just level buildings whenever they want.
0: Yep, Tifa's there. She's cool, and they're like, "Yeah, we shut him down. It's up to you now, Vincent."
1: i assume tifa mopes at her reactor and it gets so bored it destroys itself <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you're probably right <laughs> just like nope i'm out Yep. so they end up having a big giant fight vincent defeats um giant omega which causes it to turn to stone but not before it forms giant mako wings and attempts to ascend so it can fly away into space
1: Okay, sure. So the ad, something's gotta
0: grow angel wings before the end of this. Oh yes. It wouldn't be a Final Fantasy game or Final Fantasy VII game anyways. Vincent then slams into Omega, causing an explosion that covers what to be to be a, about one sixth of the planet's surface or atmosphere, but everyone's mm-hmm. fine. Okay. Except Vincent, who only has wisps of dark energy and his dumb chain left over. A gag song plays, the end. So we get cool. it, we get an after credit scene. Um, we see that the pod that w- was on the share containing Shalua can be seen, but it's now cracked and empty. Uh-huh. Shalua doesn't show up anywhere, so I still presume she's dead. Uh, we get a vision of a field showing Midgard and its aftermath, and Shulk is sitting in a coffee shop that I guess Tifa runs now. Um. Okay, sure. She's there too, and Shulk notes it's been a week and a stream is back in the planet. I don't know what's
1: worse. The fact of how ridiculous that statement is, or the fact that I didn't even realize that it had left the planet because just what had happened was so abstract and insane. Yeah. That, like, sure, whatever.
0: Yeah, whatever. It just, yeah, of course. Of course it just ended up, like, flowing out into Omega. Yeah. Yeah, it's so dumb. Like She tells Vincent, who isn't there, that she's trying to be a normal person. Like, Yuffie shows up to ask Tifa if Cloud has found Vincent. She's like, no, not yet. And Shulk's like, well, I've been trying this, but maybe I'll try one last text message and maybe maybe we'll hear from you. Or maybe we won't. I don't know. She then goes and Wait, Go ahead.
1: She's, she's trying to text him? Doesn't she have the LifeNet connection? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Says Shulk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, is no, this
1: a callback to where can i get a phone from advent children
0: maybe it is in which case uh bad news shulk he doesn't have a cell phone yeah well i guess he does in this game but
1: i guess he does i don't
0: know yeah so she goes and hangs out red 13 while still monologuing uh sure yeah okay so back in the crystal cave vincent tells crystal Lucretia that chaos and omega are back in the planet and his eyes are now back to normal like they're like wait what do you mean brown. they're back in the planet yeah they're back in the planet Omega's from space. Oh no, no, Omega's not space from space. I'm sorry. Did I make? Did I? I'm. I probably because I messed up by saying alien. My apologies. Uh, no, Omega is created by the planet as its way of dying. Oh,
1: does every planet create its own Omega? That would seem to be the implication. Yes. Okay, I assumed Omega was like a harbinger or like a, a ferryman that shows up to a dying planet to return its life stream to the. Uber stream
0: No, nah, the planet just does that itself It goes like oh I'm dying okay. I guess I better make Omega Right okay Yeah it's really silly So yeah Vincent tells Lucretia this And he guess he's now normal He's like not a pseudo vampire I guess So he leaves a cave and he finds Shulk Who's in a new fit Like she's like looking like a normal Nine year old girl I guess Uh huh Apparently, everyone made her go up and get Vincent by herself. She's like, I don't know why people did that. And she acts really bashful about it. Once again, she is canonically in a 10 year old body and will never age. Mm-hmm. This is just, it just feels weird. I guess she's technically 19, but I just, no. Mm-hmm.
1: There are. A lot of these characters in 2000s anime and video games.
0: There are. Yeah, it is a stereotype of the thousand-year-old spirit in a nine-year-old body who acts like a nine-year-old. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's not good, and it's not, not good here. No. So that's where the game ends, unless you found three secret reports in the game called Reports of G. Oh, God. Now, if you find all of these... Back in Midgar, we see that Weiss is being dead in some caverns when a giant lightning storm happens. In the cavern, out of a ball of pure energy, Genesis shows up. Hey! Genesis! Everyone's favorite character. He then picks up Weiss's body and says, it's not time yet for slumber. We have much work to do, brother. He then sprouts an incredibly big black wing and flies off. So the explanation that developers have given is that genesis now is working to help protect the planet how why it's never expoused upon because there's uh no games past this so right also by the way this is technically the first time genesis shows up and the people making dirge uh not dirge service a uh, crisis core were so taken by them they made genesis the central focus of their game
1: oh my god yeah right wait with that was it not the plan to connect those two via Genesis? No. Oh no.
0: Nah, right?
1: Oh no, wait, so wait. What so so Genesis was originally just conceived to be a stinger drop? Yeah. And then they were like, what if we what if we made a game about this guy? Just yeah. apropos of that guy looks cool?
0: Yep, that's exactly what they did.
1: See, for a long time, I was laboring under the delusion that compilation was like a planned multimedia effort mm-hmm. with like a through line and a progression from this to this to this. Mm. And like, no, no, they were just like, hey, make us some Final Fantasy VII.
0: Yeah, yeah, they they literally were just like, "Let's let's just wing it, like... We have this action adventure game what if we made it star vincent well we want to tell something more about zach oh you're developing this game's character called genesis oh he looks cool let's put him in our game yeah it, there is no plan that's the secret of all this there is no plan that's the reason why it's just so weird and contradictory at points yeah and it's also why it feels like such a cash grab
1: so is g- genesis is soldier g right
0: yeah yes he is yeah, they um, they obviously had plans to do something with him here, and I guess right. they sort and, of did and, it.
1: and also, something with
0: Wise, it sounds like. Yeah, it's actually really funny how like little Wise actually does in this entire game.
1: He does almost nothing, and like at the end of listening to this whole thing, uh, and Crisis Core, I don't know why Sol- why Genesis called him brother.
0: I don't either. No, yeah, um, it- it's never really expounded upon. Yeah, and I should bet you you do like fight wise as a boss battle in Omega. I just skipped over that because it's not important, right? But like, he's not like he has any lines or anything like that. Every time he speaks, it's Hojo, right? Yeah, it's weird. Well, okay, he does speak like one line to his brother Nero after he you right. gets the Hojo That'd out of him. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like it's Dirty Cerberus deserves his reputation of being a terrible game.
1: yeah it's okay this story is every mistake square enix knows how to make in writing a story it is you you overcomplicate your characters while simultaneously underdeveloping them you over expound on their past without giving them any actual arc of development or progression you absolutely just destroy your female characters you give them nothing of any significance to do other than be boring or insane mm-hmm. and you go too big yeah like crisis core and dirge make the same mistake which is it, this needs to be as big a deal as final fantasy 7 and the answer is no yeah. no final fantasy 7 is itself because it's the biggest deal like, this is, the mo- this is the critical moment in the fight for the planet.
0: Yeah, so you don't need to have, what, three or four other fights for the planet that happen yeah. within years of each other.
1: Like, the the, th- the thing about Genova is that the Cetra called her, was well, it was like the Harbinger of Destruction or something, or the Bringer of Destruction. Yeah. Because she was this cataclysm from the stars that would bring about the end of the world it kind of loses its edge if the Cetra also had like three other apocalypses in mind
0: <laughs> yeah right
1: <laughs> if they were just like if they just looked at Genova and was like oh yeah i guess maybe that'll do us in too i don't know
0: seems like there's a lot of things that could mess us up here we should we'll just-, we'll
1: just lock this one in a crater and deal with it at some point
0: yeah, yeah, you know, there's those bigger fish to fry right now. Yeah, it's oh man, it I mean, everything about this is goofy. Everything of like the planet decides to create a, a weapon so it we can put its live stream in and just fly into the cosmos for reasons, for reasons,
1: and it's like okay, well, and it can apparently so, be tricked, yeah, I guess, because well. I mean, Sephiroth was going to trick the planet into releasing the life stream so he could absorb the life stream. Like, the planet seems kind of gullible. <laughs> it's, it's sort of just the immune system. It sort of just responds to stimulus.
0: Yeah, yeah, it just does its thing. It just hopes for the best. Ugh, yeah, just, man.
1: So there is a version of this game. I think there's a version of this game I can see. Which is Reeve goes, hey, some stuff happened. That was wild. We need to like, you know, I, I, I want to help restore the planet or, or just help people get back to their lives. And so he puts an organization together and you can have Reeve, Yuffie, Vincent, the Turks and Denzel can be there because apparently he got hired to do this.
0: Oh, right. Denzel, I forgot about him.
1: And they just go on, like, a small adventure to, I don't know, find a missing girl who went missing, like, three or ten or whatever years ago. Hmm. And it turns out she's, like, a telepath, and there's this seedy organization that's using her to do their operations or control, like, a weird Mako army or something. But it doesn't have to be, like, the end of the world. They're just doing organized crime.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like It doesn't have to be more complicated than it already is. Like, just small stories are fine. Yeah, they're so fine, especially,
1: especially in this case, because the thing everyone loves about FF7 is the world and the characters and live in it. Mm-hmm. So just explore that. Yeah. Like, the apocalypse is over, the danger has passed. Just explore the world as it recovers and comes back to life.
0: Well, listen, Alex, we need to introduce a bunch of like brand new characters no. and they all have to like be in on this incredibly convoluted plan to revive a weird planet suicide weapon. And, and then we also need to explore the Vince's backstory involving his girlfriend who wasn't actually his girlfriend.
1: No, you don't need to do any of those things. You can just have people doing things and you can explore characters while they do normal, small things.
0: I mean, we could have Vincent and Yuffie hang out and do things, but yeah,
1: you just have them hang out and like the Turks can be there in the background being Turks Mm -hmm. and Vincent's like, oh yeah, I used to hang out with those guys. Yeah, they're kind of jackasses, but uh, they're fine, I guess.
0: Yeah, you know, you got to love them in the end. Yeah, they could have done that, but they didn't. They decided not to.
1: No, they decided, hey, chaos and Omega are things, let's bring them
0: back, I guess. Yeah, no, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. It's, this game has such... It's such a problem. It's such a problem. It's,
1: it's just... Just make small stories. Just just make small
0: stories. Yeah. yeah, Just make small stories. Yeah, and with that, that basically brings, for now, the compilation of Final Fantasy to, to a wrap, or at least the first initial wave. Once again, right. Crisis Core does come out after this, but past this point, Square decided that they were going to move on and do other things.
1: It's so weird to me the compilation came out out of naming order.
0: Yeah, it totally did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, why did it do
0: that? I, mostly because of delays. Uh, right. Having children ended up um, being delayed, for instance. Although I don't know what the excuse for Crisis Core and Dirt Service was. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it is kind of disappointing that happened. But yeah, with that, it was all done and over with. And from there, they're essentially going to refine this process and apply to Final Fantasy Thirteen, which would be coming out a few years after this.
1: Oh, God. And we get to see just this whole mentality grow to its absolute most malignant, self-destructive state.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Final Fantasy XIII, one of the many, 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 many things that... Uh, harm square significantly <laughs> to the point of outright killing them. Uh, yep. that, by yep. that point, at least they were too big to fail, but... Uh, they came pretty close. They still came pretty close, though. <laughs> but yeah, that obviously will be a story for another time, and this mm-hmm. would be the end of our tale about Final Fantasy 7, but then a little bit later, around jeez, uh, I think it was about 2017, 2016 or so? Mm-hmm. we ended up getting a nice trailer a nice little announcement
2: from mm-hmm. square
0: during e3 when we were informed that hey the dream is real we're remaking final fantasy 7 and next time that's what we're going to be talking about as we dig into final fantasy 7 remake a game that you would think we wouldn't need to talk about if it was a remake but oh, my God, we need but, to oh boy, talk boy, about it.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: boy. And we are going to talk about it.
0: Oh, yes, because there's a lot of thoughts. Alex, how are you feeling right now?
1: I, I feel good. That was a proper stupid PS2 game.
0: Yes, it was. Oh, PS2. One of the best and dumbest eras of gaming.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: just gaming is not nearly as dumb as it used to be then. it's It's, no. it, it's just as disastrous, but it's not quite as dumb. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm almost sad to leave it behind, but given that it doesn't get any less crazy from this point out, you know, I'm still looking forward to it. Yeah, no, they're, they're
1: still, it. there's still things to look forward to. There's stuff on the horizon.
0: Oh, yes, it turns out. Yeah, before we sign off, Alex, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, um, if Dirge of Cerberus had been made by Platinum Games, it would rule.
0: Yes, it would. Yeah, no, if it was a proper action-adventure <laughs> game. If it was... Yeah. If it was more along Devil May Cry, like, it would be fine.
1: Specifically, the one I'm thinking of is Metal Gear Rising.
0: Yes. Yes. If
1: Dirge of Cerberus had been written like Metal Gear Rising, it would be awesome.
0: It would be awesome. It would be awesome. Uh. But nope, Square had to do it themselves.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. it's a good it's it's too bad that square would never go on to work with platinum games to make an amazing game and then completely ruin that relationship
0: i mean listen you can get babylon's fall for five bucks right now man no you can't it's delisted oh no you go to gamestop don't
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's delisted for a reason
0: I mean, it might be an unplay- un- completely unplayable in a couple of months, but hey, you know. Game it's history. completely
1: unplayable now. No one's on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to see what next year's unplayable Square game is going to be. Oh, God. The There's going to be one. Wonder- last year was Ball and Wonder World. This year was Babylon's mm-hmm. Ball. It has to be another B game, I guess. I'll it's got to
1: be a B game. Yeah. Yep. Just bring up, their- bring up their lineup and see what starts with B. That one's dead.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Well, Alex, thanks for joining me on this, as always. Of course. And thank you, listeners, for listening to this. And if you like falling through plot holes, you should go to ftp.podbean.com or search through "Falling Through Plot Holes" on your podcast service of choice. Uh, you know, like and subscribe, do all that stuff. It's all great. We love it. And we will talk to you all next time. Take care, y'all. Take care.